Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. All right. On this episode, we're talking to Dr. Chris Robel, CEO and owner of Physio Room, a performance rehab practice in the South Denver area. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for being on here. Thanks, Andrew. Excited to uh, chat with you a little bit more today. Yeah. And I know, you know, for those of you guys that are listening, Chris is potentially going to be a um, a host on this podcast as well. So you may hear some episodes where he's the one on here talking. But today, what we're going to do is we're going to interview Chris and um, talk a little bit about his background, where Physio Room came from, and you know where Physio Room, the practice, is going in the future. So, Chris, why don't we just start there and share share with the listeners a little bit about just like your background that you know led you to to where you are right now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I always start out the story um, telling everybody that I'm a son and grandson of a couple of wheat farmers from middle of nowhere, Kansas. And, uh, you know, I'm allergic to wheat dust, so that's not going to bode very well um, taking over the family farm. So growing up, I was introduced to the sport of motocross. So I raced dirt bikes for about 10, 11 years and uh, had 23 broken bones and eight major surgeries. Um yeah, definitely one of those things where you're, like, you're good enough to like push the envelope. And as you continue to push the envelope uh, on dirt bikes, you're going to find the ground. So unfortunately, uh, I have been to the physical therapist more times than I care to admit. Um, so yeah, when you show up to college, that's where I'm not going to be the farmer. So I'm going to be the PT and the rest is history there. So that's that's how I ended up here. Man, it seems like that story, you know, someone who's a physical therapist now or, or any type of, you know, medical person for that matter, there is very often a, a history of you've been through something, you know, your, your own, own injuries, your broken bones, your surgeries. And, um, and that kind of leads you down this path. I have had a similar thing where I didn't have 23 broken, broken bones, but I've had my own share of injuries and surgeries. And like you said, it sounds like you were like pushing the envelope and, and that's kind of what this whole show is designed to be, right. Is, you know, we're going to talk to other people who are pushing the envelope and whatever their domain is, whether that's in business or in, um, in their own fitness journey or, or anything else. Um, so you said you've had physical therapy a lot as, uh, as a patient, um, you know, when you were in there as a client, do you think that's what, like, did you think about that at the time? Like, how old were you the first time you went to physical therapy? And did you even think that you were going to become a physical therapist one day, having been in there? I think I was misguided. Uh, I, I showed up to PT and uh, the physical therapist, um, he had a daughter that was my age and I had a crush on her. <laughs> And, uh, he would always be like, no, I can't schedule this time or that time I'm going to pages, you know, basketball game. And I thought, wow, this guy's got a BMW in, in the parking lot. He gets to write his own schedule. Being a physical therapist is going to be amazing. I, I think that's what I'm going to do. So it definitely was like, uh, it planted my first seed for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Um, little did I know that that was just all a facade. <laughs> 
All right. So of course we're sitting in, um, in Colorado now, you said you're from Kansas. So what was that transition like, or when did you decide, Hey, I'm going to move to, uh, to Colorado because, um, you didn't say this on the show, I don't think, but I know you went to physical therapy school and undergrad in Kansas. Um, so how did you wind up here in Colorado? Yeah. So growing up, uh, in Kansas, uh, you're either a, a K state football fan or a KU basketball fan. And I leaned more towards uh, KU at that time. So, uh, went to KU and graduated there in 2008. Um, got to see them win that national championship in 08 and the orange bowl. So rock chalk, uh, and then moved over to Kansas city, went to Rockhurst university and, uh, graduated with my doctorate there in 2011. And that's when I started to look towards Colorado. I started dating um, my wife at the at the time we were doing the long distance thing. And I said, you know, I'm going to move out to Colorado. And if the girl doesn't work out, the mountains are cool. But uh, thankfully, um, seven years of marriage and three kids later, uh, the girl worked out. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. And um, and you guys, I've met Chris's kids. He has an adorable family. And um yeah. And Courtney is, has been a huge help, I think, to, to not only raising the family, but even um, helping to get physio room off the ground. So, okay. So you moved here to, uh, to Colorado. What was like your, you know, your first job like that you uh, took in, in the field of physical therapy and um, where was that? Yeah. So Colorado, the PT job market here is, is very challenging because a lot of physical therapists want to, to move here. So Ironically enough, I found my first job on Craigslist um, mm-hmm. and I worked there for six months. And because the job market is so saturated, you didn't, you didn't make the money that you wanted to, to make. And I decided, well, I'll look elsewhere. And I, I'd gotten an offer down in Roswell, New Mexico, because nobody wants to live there. And uh, I came back and the, the group that I was with at the time, um, they counter offered and they said, no, don't go. And so I was able to buy into a practice six months after graduating and, and learn how to become an owner, director, and physical therapist all at the same time. And so I had a very steep learning curve um, and, and it was great. I, I learned so much with that group. And um, maybe most importantly, I learned a ton about leadership the guy that uh, owned that was a former Marine and he was brilliant. Um, and I learned a lot about what to do, but I think even more so I learned what not to do. And, and it, it came down to some of the relationships that we had. And uh, I definitely learned that that was really important to me. And so for me, I think that is where physio room was kind of born. Um, and, and focused on the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to say, Chris, I don't think I even know where Roswell, New Mexico is. Uh, I could not point that out on a map. Uh, I could point out New Mexico, but definitely, definitely not place any of the cities in there. Um, if I didn't know where they were. Um, okay. So, so you said you learned most importantly, what not to do in that previous job. And I think, you know, I think we all have had previous jobs where, whether you're there still or not, you learned a lot of things from that experience and, you know, learning what not to do kind of reminds me of like, you know, you don't know what you don't know at the time. So you started physio room or you, you left that place. You decided to go out on your own and start the practice named physio room. Take us through that transition. Like where, uh, 
when did physio room start? Why more importantly, why did you decide to start physio room? You said relationships really important, but like, how did that, how did that come to fruition? Yeah, I think towards the end of my um, time there at the previous place, it, we started going more in towards a, like a corporate model where my treatment time started to get shortened down and we started to really um, increase the volume. So it was, it became way more quantity based um, mm-hmm. as opposed to quality based type of care. And I just started feeling the, the fire and the passion that I had for the profession start to dwindle. And, and I just didn't like where we were going. So I had the opportunity to sell um, in 2016, I sold and then waited out my two-year non-compete and then uh, officially launched uh, Physio Room um, October 1st of 2018. And that's where we very first started here in Highlands Ranch, um, just out of a CrossFit gym, backcountry CrossFit. Um, and so we'll forever be grateful for that opportunity with, with that gym. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I sort of, uh, got connected to you through, through my sister-in-law and through some, um, running athletes and coaches out here in Colorado. Um, and I believe it was the end of May of 2020 when I joined, but so you decided to start physio room, uh, a couple years, 2016, but it officially started under that name. October of 2018. And at that time it was just you, right? Like you're the only person, one man show. Yeah. It was just me. And, you know, we were treating a bunch of athletes and I'm a, I'm a golfing athlete, a competitive cyclist. And, and I just was trying to get more into this fitness um, mindset and just trying to push myself and trying to see what I could do from a physical therapy point of view to help other athletes like that. So uh, I knew for a fact that I was going to do hour long sessions and I wanted to focus on the quality and not the quantity of treatments. And I wanted to be able to give those athletes the things that were missing in my own program. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's kind of how we started. Um, you know, it was just me. And uh, then I was able to hire a young lady, Megan, who has now worked her way up as our operations officer. Um, and we just started growing slowly, um, and, and just starting to work with runners and CrossFitters in the area. And that's where I ended up meeting a running coach, um, here in town. And and he referred what is now your sister-in-law. And so was able to work with some high level runners in the area, um, and, and starting to gain, gain some traction in that niche. Yeah. And we won't, um, we probably won't have time on this show to go through like the entire team here, uh, as part of physio room, but you know, now our practice has 14 employees. We have multiple locations. Did you ever envision at the time, October, 2018, um, or even right when you hired Megan a little bit into that, that physio room was going to turn from like your own single person treating in a CrossFit gym clinic to having multiple locations, having multiple um, employees and having the the team that we have now. Did you even think that was possible? I, I was told multiple times, in fact, it was not possible. And I was totally fine with that. I was just going to be a one man band and we were just going to just have fun and en- enjoy the profession again. Mm-hmm. But I think it was that that mentality of just like, let's get down and let's, let's not be the right PT for everybody, but let's, 
let's be very specific and uh, working with the CrossFitters and the cyclists and the golfers, that was kind of my niche. And I had, I had gotten really good at um, being very pointy with, with that niche. And so that's the only reason that I do feel like we've grown is now we hire these folks and you don't really get to work for physio room unless you've got a specific niche. Mm -hmm. You, you are the expert authority, almost even like a celebrity in that niche. Um, we've got a sports chiropractor and, uh, Dr. James went to the CrossFit games and that's his niche. He's, he's a, he's a sports chiropractic, you know, doctor for CrossFitters that want to get better at CrossFit. And so when they're talking specifically about, you know, how they get an impingement in the shoulder with their snatch, that's where it comes from. And he can speak intelligently and they can connect. And so, again, I think it just comes back to that connection and those little moments. It always comes down to the the little details and the little moments of making sure that you know, you feel heard and that you feel valued and that this guy gets it and that you trust 100% that you're in the right place. And I think that's allowed us to um, not only be, you know, raving fans of our clients, but then for them to get the results that they're looking for and for them to come full full circle and become our biggest fans. And then they're referring to us. Um, and you only get there by really going all in and, and understanding who it is that you're serving um, and, and building that trust with those relationships. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're 100% right. And I mean, um, being here, being one of the providers uh, of physio room, that is totally what we see is like our clients are really the, um, you know, the fuel that makes, makes this thing run. Like they're the ones that are going out and supporting us in the community, sending their friends and family over to us. Um, but like you said, you really, w- we wouldn't really get to this point if there wasn't this like feeling of, I have to go all in on this. So it sounds like there was, there was potentially a lot of risk of deciding to um, leave the place you were at where, you know, you probably were comfortable to come out and decide to start your own, start your own thing. Um, like, were you really worried about that at the time, the risk that you were taking to start physio room? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I didn't know where my next client was going to come from. I didn't even know if I would have another client. Um, and so for the first year, it was very scary. Uh, but you know, you just kept doing what you were, um, passionate about and enjoyed. And, uh, my wife was very supportive and I, I was like, I'll give it a year. And if it doesn't work, then I'll, I'll go get another job. What's, what's there to lose. There was no real risk. Um, I would have regretted, um, not going all in more than, um, not taking the opportunity. So that was, that was my mentality going Mm in. Yeah. And you actually just kind of answered my next, next question there. I was going to basically ask you, like, if you, um, you know, being where you're at now, do you have any regrets of, you know, what happened? And you just said, no, I would have regretted if I didn't take this opportunity. Um, so I would be willing to bet if I would have asked you this question, and I don't think in the two years that I've known you that I have asked you this question, um, but your answer probably is different now than it would have been before. What would you say, Chris, is the, like, has been for you the biggest challenge in 
starting physio room and then it growing from being like just you to starting to have hire other employees and having an office manager and having other providers, like what's been the biggest challenge along the way, um, you know, starting this practice? I, I would 100% say it is my biggest challenge has been personal growth. Without personal growth, I don't get to become a leader and I don't get the self-reflection and that self-awareness that's absolutely necessary in order to lead a team. Um, If you don't know who you are as a person, then it's going to be very hard to set clarity and vision for your team. Mm -hmm. And without the clarity and that vision, uh, your team is not going to have the buy-in And they're not going to be able, they're not going to give you 100% of their effort um, without that, that clarity. So it's all about setting clarity and expectations. And you have to set that for yourself. Why am I doing this? Why do I work? Um, And for me, I'm a student. And, and I think that's, that's what I look for in, in new hires and new team members is you got to be passionate about continuously learning and improving and having that growth mindset. Mm -hmm. And so right now, I think my biggest challenge is learning how to be this voracious, you know, educator and teacher so that I can instill that, that core value of being a voracious, you know, student and learner, because I think no matter if you're a CEO or a brand new PT, the hunger for learning and improving has to be there. And so if you're an athlete, you should be learning better nutrition and how do you program better? And, and how do you reflect and become more self-aware of like, Hey, you know what? Today's not the day I'm not going to push. It's a recovery day. And uh, learning those little nuances is what sets you apart from being just a standard you know, business or a standard athlete, it's in, that's probably been my biggest challenge and and growth over the last three years. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense because, you know, the business is only going to go as far as you go. Right. And if, and if you don't have that personal growth, well, then the, that's going to show or be reflected in the business. Um, And I think, I think that's, you know, true for just about everything. And you guys, if you, um, have not been to physical therapy or you don't have friends or family that are physical therapists or chiropractors or, or uh, massage therapists, trainers that we have here on staff. Um, I think one common theme that is true for most people is we're, we're really just all a bunch of big nerds. We love to learn. Like I've never been to one of these like weekend continuing education courses where the room is just not filled with people who are excited to learn whatever the new techniques are or the new things that, um, that are going on at that course. But, um, you know, sometimes when you get in the day-to-day grind and the, the hustle and bustle of life and work and, and family activities and you have children and you have a house, um, sometimes that stuff kind of gets lost. But, but, yeah, I think when in the context of work, um, everybody loves loves to learn, but then making that transition from you being the learner to then trying to learn different things so that you can educate on the back end to other people. Um, yeah, that's a hard transition. Um, so then what's next? So you mentioned clarity and vision are important because if you don't know who you are and where you're going, well, then you don't know how you're going to get there. You're not going to have a path to get there. So you said before, 
you didn't at the time envision physio room turning into what physio room is right now. A couple locations um, in South Denver, 14 employees. So what's next? Like what, what is the plan for, you know, what do you picture now physio room turning into? Yeah, I, I want to be a premier orthopedic sports performance rehab facility. And so, you know, obviously we, we already have physical therapy, chiropractic, massage, personal training, but I, I really want to kind of dive into that uh, biometric and, and trying to do these assessments for these teams and, and helping athletes learn where they're deficient in movement, because that's, that's again, our biggest point is movement is medicine. And if we can teach these kids from a very young uh, mindset of how to properly move and they can continue to build and develop um, over the years, we're going to see significantly fewer injuries. And, and more importantly, we're going to see significantly better athletes um, performing sport. And, and that's the, that's the fun thing. I think as I've gotten older, I've lost like main interest in the NFL and the NBA. Um, I I'm just a fan of, of people developing a, a skill set and just, I'm just a fan of people performing well in whatever, um, niche they're in. So mm-hmm. I, I think just that's, that's, uh, that's my biggest thing. I want to see these kids, um, excel and, and reach their goals and go play in, in college. And so I'd like to be a, a facility that helps, um, not only rehab these injuries, but, but also, um, add into some of that performance mindset. So, um, there's a lot of growth, um, over the next few years, uh, but right now it's, uh, you know, just sticking to our, sticking to the fundamentals. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the important part. Yeah. And as you were talking there, Chris, what I was just jotting down a couple notes, um, and the two things that I wrote down were, were the words prevention and fundamentals. Cause what it sounded like you were saying in that answer was you would like to see sort of the shift go from, you know, catching youth athletes or kids at an early age and making sure we teach them how to move early on in order to prevent a lot of these common injuries um, and ailments that we see. And then you ended up saying, saying the word fundamentals as we were going there. And I think, you know, I think that is totally true because, um, and you'll probably hear me say this again at some point in the future, but um, in, in talking shop with some friends and colleagues, I think back to some of the strength training and things that I was doing in high school and in college when I was playing football. And I remember as a football athlete, we used to do a lot of the exercise hand cleans. But as I think back on that in high school, we're doing hand cleans. I don't ever remember being how to properly perform a deadlift, but we were doing hand cleans. And of course, if you've ever done hand cleans before, of course, you have to pick the barbell up first off the ground. So you have to know how to do a deadlift before you can do a hand clean. And um, that's one of those fundamental things that I, I think was sort of glossed over or skipped over because we were thinking about like, oh, you know, we want to produce power. We got to do these hand cleans. It's, it's um, an appropriate exercise for football players, but you got to learn how to deadlift first. Um, you know, you've got to master the fundamentals and the basics before you can move on to the other stuff. And that's probably true of business too. Absolutely. Right. Like I would imagine you found that in running the business is you've got to figure out the basics and the fundamentals before 
you can start worrying about all the other shiny object type of things. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely um, think that we've got a very unique process in this, um, in the idea of, we like to say that we hit the reset button mm-hmm. and then we restore normal movement patterns and then we reload them. And I think that's where uh, fundamentally, if you have an ACL tear um, and you're not getting back to these deadlifts and you're not teaching these kids how to actually get stronger. I mean, legitimately making physiological changes to get stronger, there's going to be another retear. And we see that time and time again, how many ACL tears have a second one. And that's because historically physical therapists are terrible at loading people up appropriately. And there's this huge gap between, all right, you're done with PT and you can go up and down the stairs normally. And nine months later, you're going to go back to sport. And there are a lot of great strength coaches out there, but as a profession, I think um, physical therapists and performance rehab professionals can do so much better. And, And that's where we're trying to go here is, is continuing to educate folks on, uh, why strength matters and and why that is so fundamental and not only performing better on the field, but at 85 years old, if you're lifting up a laundry basket and that's the heaviest thing you can do, well, then you just did a one rep max. And as any athlete knows, if you're lifting your one rep max every single day, that's a recipe for disaster. And so we're trying to educate not only our youth, but, you know, some of our older clients on why getting stronger is, is so important. Um, and, and that's going to help them maintain better balance, decrease risk of falls and, and all of that. So from the whole gamut, it, it always comes back to the fundamentals and, and strength is a key component of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I could sum it up any better than, than basically what you just did. Um, and that's pretty much that gray area that you spoke of that gap from where physical therapy ends and performance training begins, that gray area that's in the middle. I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, when I got connected with you, I wanted to know, you know, how could, how can I join physio room? Because I was starting to find myself teetering with that gap and struggling with the, you know, the world, the employment world that I was in before of like, how do I in my current job help people in this gray area. And I was struggling to find a way to do that. And um, so I just started to go out on my own and started doing like I had clients in the, in the clinic who pretty much, you know, they finished quote physical therapy. They didn't have pain anymore, but they weren't really back to like excelling in life. They were just back to their normal stuff. You know, they were able to load the dishwasher and they were able to take care of their kids, but they weren't really like doing recreation at the level that they wanted to do it. And but I was unable to get like approval, you know, from their insurance to continue physical therapy. So what really sparked my, uh, you know, my planning to like go out and do like personal training on my own outside of the office was I had a client's wife um, send me an email, or actually I think it was a voicemail. She called me and left me a voicemail and um, basically asked like, how much would it cost for her husband to keep working with me to get stronger and to do some of these things that he wanted to do. And I had never even really thought about it before. So I just like made up a number like that I thought was fair at ran it by her. She said, great. I would like to schedule him for two sessions a week of three months of personal training with you. 
And she wrote me a check for, you know, for that amount. And, um, and that's pretty much, you know, what sparked me like wanting to come join physio room is I was like, this is that gray area that I want to be in. And I hadn't had a, found a way to do it before. Well, now we did. So, um, I think a lot of people get stuck in that, in that mindset or not mindset, but like stuck in that trap, so to speak of like, they know they want to do something else, but they just don't quite know how to do it or, or what step to take to get to that area where they think the grass is greener. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and for me, I think I'm a very competitive person. So when you say that you're always looking towards somebody that's, that's doing it and, and maybe looking at somebody that's doing it better than what you're doing. And that's where business coaching comes in. You know, I've, I've spent almost my, my, uh, entire undergrad education, um, money I've spent post PT on business <laughs> education. So i I'm continuously investing in this and just trying to challenge the status quo and, and, and be better. Cause we all know that healthcare is broken. Um, the insurance companies continue to lower our reimbursements and that forces these PT companies to then see multiple people at the same time. And that's where I, I left. And that's where you left because you just couldn't provide the care. And, and I think that's the thing. Our PTs probably aren't any better than the PTs over at the local, you know, mill clinic down the street. But what our PTs have is the availability to provide the time that you can't get anywhere else. And so that's the thing that kind of differentiates us is we're able to spend that time with the, with the clients and, and, and learn what their goals are. And that's going to help um, us get them back to, you know, skiing or um, setting the FKT on uh, a couple 14ers here in town. FKTs are the fastest known times. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's the important part. And so whether you're a, a, a business owner, a PT or an athlete, you're always looking at somebody and trying to emulate them. Like what's that runner doing? What are they eating? How often are they eating? What does their cadence look like during their long runs versus their sprint work? And, and I think that those little nuances and, and talking about that is what you can't get uh, elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. And, you know, I have conversations uh, with people here in the clinic, our other, our other staff members and team members. I have conversations with clients who have been and uh, been to care, physical therapy or chiropractic or anything else at other places. And that's the story that continues to get shared is it's just different. I agree with you that there are phenomenal providers at all sorts of different places they're just not in the same situation. The person is phenomenal. Their skills are phenomenal. Um, they're probably an amazing therapist, but, um, when your time is pinched so thin, it's hard to give the quality to every single person and then know that, Oh, you're going to have to go home and type notes for an hour and a half because you didn't quite finish them during the day. And then, you know, that's going to empty your cup on the out of work things, the, the family time and the, your own fitness routine or, or whatever you want to do to take care of yourself. Um, so thanks for giving a background on, you know, where you came from, where physio room came from, where physio room might be going in the future, because who knows what the future holds. Um, but what I want to do before we like start to wrap this up is I'm going to ask this question to everybody that comes on the podcast and, um, you know, take a second to answer it. Cause you didn't know that this question was coming, but in this conversation that we just had, 
What is one question that you wish that I would have asked you that I didn't ask? And what's the answer to, to that question? Hmm. What's one question that you didn't ask? Well, I would probably say, um, who is one of the most inspirational um, businesses or athletes in the area? Mm-hmm. Um, and we have we have so many, and I've worked with a ton of um, amazing people. Um, a couple a couple come to mind right now. Um, First, uh, a young lady, Becky Bauer, she ran a 250 mile race. Um, and just the mental toughness and the fortitude that you have to have just to even sign up for that is, is incredible. I can't, I can't imagine that for the record. No. The uh, longest I've ever run is 15 miles. I can't imagine running 250 or more. That's almost 10 marathons back to back to back. Back to back to back unbelievable. And then, um, I'll give you, I'll give you three. Cause it's really hard. I love, I love what Tristan Mitchell is doing over at lion's den. Um, and his passion and enthusiasm is, is absolutely contagious when it, when you talk about performance and running. And then I tell you, uh, V 23 over there, um, in Centennial has, has caught fire and, and they've got some, some really cool things happening. Um, and I would love to learn how Bo is, um, creating a culture that Mm -hmm. he is because it is, it is that culture that we have here at physio room that I think has allowed us to excel and it's, it's the intangibles. And I don't, I can't tell you how or why the culture has, um, progressed like it has, but it's phenomenal. Um, and I just kind of tie that back. If you want to go fast, you go alone. And if you want to go far, you go together. And that is the culture that we strive for every single day here at physio room. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason that we're in this group. That's uh, we're a pack of clinicians trying to change healthcare as we know it. And I hope that we inspire other clinicians to do the same. And I hope that we inspire more athletes to continue to challenge the status quo and and push the limits and and push that envelope. Know that you're going to hit the ground every now and then, but it's just a bump in the road and that you do have a team uh, backing you and supporting you. So continue to chase your dreams and and don't, don't have any regrets. Yeah. We sort of started the conversation talking about pushing the envelope, 23 broken bones, eight surgeries, and, and then you just ended it about having people continue to push the envelope. And, you know, when you're doing that, there's going to be bumps along the way. You're going to fail sometimes. That, that's okay. As long as you've got that support system around you, you'll be able to get picked back up and continue on your path. Um, those three people that you mentioned, mentioned uh, Becky, Tristan, and Bo, um, sounds like we need to get them on the show. And we were actually already planning to do that. So stay tuned for some episodes where, where we're talking to those folks about their, their own journey and their own business. Um, but wrapping up physio room, if people want to get in contact, uh, with you or with the team here, Chris, uh, online, where can people find physio room? Yeah. So online we're, uh, physioroomco.com. And that is, uh, the same for all of our social channels. We're on Instagram and Facebook. So at 
physio room co um, so physio room co and then uh, if if you have questions of, about the facility we'd love to answer those you can send an email to info at physioroomco.com and if you'd like to reach out to me personally it's just my uh, first name so it's chris at physioroomco.com awesome awesome well again chris i appreciate your time i know your time is valuable my time is valuable we're going to jump into some meetings and, and get back to our team here. But I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for more uh, as we talk to more people who are pushing the envelope and just trying to better themselves every single day here on The Code. Thanks so much. <laughs>